These are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Edward Scissorhands. And a reminder that Christmas break is coming up soon, and all end-of-the-year essays must be turned in before break starts. Hello, and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host, Megan. And John. <laughs> you missed my lovely rendition of The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> uh, I actually said, bet your big-ass dollar that tomorrow. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I don't know, man. I make up a lot of songs. Anytime I, I pick up... I think we both do. It's <sighs> awkward. No one... I mean... We're stuck, I think. We cannot separate because no one is going to accept us for who we are now as people. <laughs> Probably not. Especially some of the stuff we say. Like, we can't say, we can say it in the sanctity of our own home. We can't say it outside of it. No, man. <laughs> just the things. <laughs> I make up songs for Jordan like every day on the way home from uh-huh. daycare. It's fun. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. We say some weird stuff to each other. <laughs> Anyway, we fake like fight in front of your family all the time and Mm -hmm. say some really hurtful things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what is you guys' problem? Fake fight. Oh, yeah, I guess it is real on my part. Just kidding. No, my mom (laughs) does hate that we do that. Yeah. She's like, I wish you guys would stop doing that. (laughs) Let's not worry about her. (laughs) All right. Well, we've been gone for a minute. So sorry Mm -hmm. about that. We've had uh, weird couple of weeks <laughs> I science don't know. oh my god what does that have to do with anything because <laughs> you said weird i wanted to follow it up with science oh okay well i'm gonna go ahead and like throw out the bad thing first like the sad thing that happened so one of our cats we are cat people we have lots of cats um not we- not on my part you're not a cat person i don't like having a lot of cats okay well we one of our cats passed away and that was really sad. I stayed home with her. She was she was really an old sad. bitty anyway. Here's the thing. I thought I was ready, you know, whenever she was ready to go because mm-hmm. she's so old and crotchety. Still sucked, man. It was not fun was, watching that. It always sucks losing an animal. Yeah. You'll never get over that. And I mean, I still found a way to to find a joke in all of it. <laughs> it sounds terrible. But she does. She was not a cuddly cat. No. She didn't like being held or pet. or. She kind of just liked being in a nice warm house. Yeah, she liked our company, but from a distance. Yeah. And, um, I mean, she kind of welcomed herself in. Like I didn't, like I didn't invite her in. She just walked past me like I was a stranger in my did. own home. Yeah, she did. But, um, I made the joke that, cause I stay, I stayed home with her cause I knew it was happening. And, um, I said that she's probably so mad at me. Like, just let me die in peace. <laughs> Cause I didn't leave her side the whole day. I'm like, well, she went out bitter. She probably came into the world bitter too, but that's okay. <laughs> but it sucks. Little baby rest in peace. Yeah. Her age is a I mystery. <laughs> All I know is when we found her seven years ago, well, when she found us seven she years ago, she was already old. She had no teeth. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, she old. She was old, but I miss <laughs> her and I love her. And yeah, she I'm was, sad. Yeah, it, it's hard getting over it. But uh, you also miss Thanksgiving. Well, you didn't miss it. We <laughs> we did not post because we also had Thanksgiving going on. Woo-hoo. Well, that's some fun Thanksgivings too. Mm-hmm. We did a later Thanksgiving. Thank goodness for my sanity, because I feel mm. like last year I was rushing around and for your family. No, for like your family at oh, our house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think it was better we did it that like, later in the evening. Yeah, I think we did it at what six. Yeah, because I was able to like roll out of bed, not start cooking till like ten. It was great. Mm-hmm. Ten a.m. Like I didn't have to start till ten. Um, yeah, it was nice. But Thanksgiving was fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. I made my bomb mac and baked mac and cheese. <laughs> it's wonderful. I celebrated my year with the bank. Mm. It's crazy. Uh, I'm with a different bank. Uh, uh, today's actually the uh, the year mark. But I've, as we're recording, yeah, yeah. But I've been in banking for ten years now. That's crazy. I know. I'm creeping up on you. Not really. I'm still ahead. I'm where, John? I'm coming up on my seven years and the nuts <laughs> in a couple of months. I know. That's crazy. Look at us. Just that's a banking family. I, a lot of my family has worked in the banking industry industry at one point or still is. <laughs> it's crazy. They even got me a cake and a really nice uh, award. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I didn't even get my I didn't get my five year pin or nothing when my five that's years funny, came. I got went. mine. Yeah, it's baloney. As a matter of fact, I got two. Someone else in my department got their five-year pin. And I was like, well, what the heck? I didn't get jack squat. <laughs> Neither did another girl that started a you couple months a after bump? me. No, I didn't get nothing. Nada. Well, I got a cake. Must be nice. It was nice. <laughs> See, but where I, in my department that I work at a different bank, um, we're all like, in different locations we don't all work in the same area or even in the same office so um it's a little bit harder for us to do stuff like that i bet they don't even make them anymore the pins yeah they probably just have one laying around they just gave it to the person they're in a drawer somewhere if i ask they'll be like uh let me check (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm gonna demand it now yeah there's been some fun stuff going on like the nba has really done something i like uh, they're doing this play-in tournament, and I think it's a great idea. It's it kept me interested. Mm-hmm. I, and the Pacers, they're they're moving on. They're oh, yeah. really playing good in this. I really hope they win it because the chances of them ever winning an NBA championship slim to none. Oh no! <laughs> I'll say it. Small market. Heck, we'd have to have a team stacked from the first position all the way to the guy that they got coming from the G League. Yikes. Well, there was a new movie that came out that we watched with our daughter. Didn't finish it, though, because we're old and got to sleep. But it's Leo, Adam Sandler's new movie. It was a cute movie. movie. Apparently, it's like breaking records and stuff. It's Just, Adam Sandler. He I makes know. good family movies. Well, and I saw, I didn't read the article in full, but it was saying something about how Adam Sandler's Netflix, all of his movies that he's made with Netflix so far have done really, really well and mm-hmm. broken a lot of records, even though... The reviews come back mixed. You can't go by the review. It's it's by the watchability. When people go and see it, that's what counts. A fucking person on the internet just giving you their take. I'm I'm aware, but I just, 
I'm like, okay, so you watched it and hated it, but then like continued to it. watch it. Like, cause how are the numbers how dumb so does that high? Sound too? How are the numbers so high? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've talked in length about Adam Sandler movies that I dislike and cannot watch. Watched once and, once and would love to scrub my brain of things like that. Oh, um, it's only the one in it. That one is the worst one. Yeah. Ridiculous six is <laughs> the worst one I've ever seen in my life. Um, uh, I don't even know. I think I watched the movie one time. I it, It's like a fever dream. The one I really didn't like with him was the one with Chris Rock. Oh, it's the wedding one, right? Yeah. Where his daughter's marrying Chris Rock's yeah, son or something. Yeah, for some reason. Vice versa. I don't know. Yeah. Steve Buscemi's eating a giant Toblerone. <laughs> I remember that from the movie. Oh. You remember that? The guy he met at the airport? I don't remember that movie. I, I had such Fe- secondhand like embarrassment for like... The first 15 minutes had me, it's awful. my anxiety through the roof. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> oh, Sandy Wexler was another bad one where he's the agent. Uh, yeah, I did. I was like in and out for that. But movie. Don't let me d- dump on all his Netflix movies. Cause he's had ones that have been really good. Yeah. I really liked Hubie Halloween. I thought that was a really fun movie. Uh, did you like Murder Hustle? Mystery. I loved Hustle. Hustle was a really good film. Murder Mystery is one that really broke records when mm-hmm. it came out. I remember that. Had a solid sequel, too. Um, oh, wait. No, that was not Netflix. Never mind. Um, but yeah, the it's whatever. But speaking of movies. What's the one he did with David Spade? We both, The do-over. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wrong Missy. is That's not. That's, it's his company, though. Yeah, that's but he's not in it. But that is a Netflix one, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of movies, this week, (laughs) we're throwing it back a little bit, and it's not an Adam Sandler movie, but it is from the 1990s. Uh, Yeah, right at the start of the 1990s, at the end of the very first year of it. Yep. We're going to be covering Edward Scissorhands. That's my scissor cutting sound. Oh, I thought thought you were like spray bottling. So like... (laughs) It's the same thing, yeah. (laughs) No, we're covering Edward Scissorhands. Um, Good. Good movie. It is. When you haven't seen it for a bit and you watch it, you forget how good the movie is. Mm-hmm. And it really holds up still. I can definitely say that. It's the way Tim Burton shoots his movies. They're kind of timeless. He's yeah. taken all that old vaudeville and like the black and white film thing and made it his own. Well, and I think a lot of his live action movies, um, they're just set in this very surreal setting that you can't really place it mm-hmm. in a time. Beetlejuice. I mean, you can and you can't. Like, I understand that this movie is supposed to be set back in like the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's so ambiguous looking. <laughs> just yeah. the way he designs his sets. We talked about um, Batman. How he does a really good job of capturing... Like some kind of time period. You don't know if it's the 80s. You don't know if it's the 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. He just did a really good job of being able to mix all these things together. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know what's happening in my throat. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, John, if you want to give us some numbers and whatnot on the movie. Okay. Here's the movies in theaters. I don't know how many theaters it opened in. Are we on the anniversary of this movie? Hold on. It came out when? The 14th. December 14th, oh, not 1990. Quite. Not quite, yeah. We're close. Mm-hmm. It was a good De- December movie pick. See, I fought people on this because they said it was a Halloween movie. I'm like, it's not a Halloween movie. This is a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. And oh, we didn't look up how many theaters it came out yeah. in. If I'm going to bet, I'm going to... Can we Can we guesstimate? 
I'm going to say 1,200. What are you saying? Um, I hate guessing. I'm going to say 2,500. That's a large number. I can't do that because I think it was released through a smaller company. I don't uh, think it was a Warner Brothers movie. I think this might have been like 20th Century Fox or something. What did you say? I How said, many? I said 12,000. Or 1,200. 1200. I was going to say 12,000. Get out of here. <laughs> On its opening weekend, it opened in 1,372 theaters. Man, I'm good. <laughs> Price is right with me. You know it. Mm, yeah. And who was it released by? Let's see. Because I also did not grab that information. 20th century. <laughs> okay. All You're right. good at this. All right. Well, the movies that were in theaters. This was actually a pretty great year. Especially for the end great of the year. Great month. Yeah. Uh, so number one, you had Home Alone, which mm-hmm. is an all-timer. I love Home Alone. We just watched that with our, our little girl. Mm-hmm. I think it had only been out for a couple weeks at that point, mm-hmm. but it was still dominating the number one spot. So John Hughes movie. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Plus, people fell in love with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Who, by the way, also just got his Hollywood star, star. on the and Walk of Fame. I think we shared uh, something about it on our page, mm-hmm. too. So you good for him. It he deserves my, it. It was good. Uh, Look Who's Talking too. That's the sequel. It is. That's uh, Bruce Willis, right? Mm-hmm. And Rosie O'Donnell. Plays, but the, the uh, mains are uh, Christy Alley and uh, John Travolta. Yeah. So crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad movie. Of course, number three, Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, another really fun movie. I really like Kevin Costner. Uh, he won the Oscar for this. Dances with Wolves. I it's don't think long, I've, se- I've not seen it. It's hella long. Okay. <laughs> Got a white woman that we're supposed to believe is uh, <laughs> adopted by natives. Oh, Lord. Yikes. <sighs> All right. Moving on. Misery. Number five. Mm-hmm. Which, don't hate me, but I've not seen Misery. Like when we watched, uh, what's the TV show on Hulu? Castle, Castle Rock. Rock. I knew who the girl was right away. You ruined it for me. You made me so mad right before the reveal. I didn't know you hadn't saw Misery, though. No, I have not seen Misery. Still haven't. I'm bitter. I'm embittered by it. I can't. <laughs> oh, another one on a writer movie, too, in the top ten. Mermaids. Yeah. Yes. Cher. And Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. I can't remember his real name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Number seven, The Rookie. I think this isn't The Rookie you're thinking of or I'm thinking of. It's not the one uh, about with uh, Gary Busey with a mustache. He's oh. a kid out to play baseball. No. I think it's the one with, uh, oh my gosh. I think it's Bruce Willis. Mm, I don't know. I only knew the one rookie, but I was like, I didn't think that came out in 90, so I was confused. And it's definitely not the one with Dennis Quaid. That movie's awesome. The baseball movie. I love The Rookie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Three Men and a Little Lady. That's also a sequel. It was a month yeah. for sequels, it seems. See, and I don't... I always thought that movie was kind of awkward. Yeah? Yeah. It, I don't know. Uh, number nine, Havana. I have no clue what that is. Matt would have to... Matt! Stop! <laughs> and Tony. Tony, too. Tell us about Havana. And number 10, Predator 2. Also a Gary Busey. And another sequel. That's one, <laughs> two... Three, I guess it's only three sequels, but three in one month to be in the top 10, just sequels. I mean, it, it makes sense. This movie was rated PG-13. That's accurate. Yeah, there's some 
scary elements to it. Oh, and you do see a dead body. Oh, that's true. You see two dead bodies. That's true. Yeah. And then this movie is rated, uh, or it's labeled as a fantasy romance. I would say light on the heavy, romance. Heavy fantasy. Yeah, light on the romance. I wouldn't, I, you could put it as a sci-fi technically too. Yeah, I would say so. This movie has a running time of an hour and 45 minutes. Starting to climb it there, but honestly, it keeps you engaged the whole time. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was that long. I didn't either. It kind of felt like the movie just uh, started and finished really fast. Mm-hmm. Honestly. All right. I'm going to give you a synopsis. You're going to read it? All right. Oh, yeah. A scientist builds an animated human being, the gentle Edward. The scientist dies before he can finish assembling Edward. Though leaving the young man with a freakish appearance accentuated by the scissor blades he has instead of hands. Loving suburban uh, saleswoman Peg discovers Edward and takes him home, where he falls in love with Peg's teen daughter. However, despite his kindness and artistic talent, Edward's hands make him an outcast. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's all there. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. I mean... It just gives you the very beginning of the movie and then the re- like you got to watch it to figure out the rest <laughs> of it because kind of hard to explain it all. But it is focused on Edward. So mm-hmm. makes sense. It's just talking about a his budget character. of $20 million. Yeah. That all went into building his hands. Okay. And I would guess all buying all the hedges <laughs> to carve up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and painting people's houses. Yeah. Uh, he didn't paint houses, but are you talking about just the set? How yeah. it was all painted? Yeah. Well, I guess they had to build like the big, uh, mansion that Edward lived in. Mm-hmm. Very nice set. We'll discuss the set later. I got, I got stuff to talk about okay. set. Uh, with the box office, it made 86 million. I would have thought it made more than that. Honestly. I don't know. Uh, that's true. I guess it, look who's talking. Those were big movies. Dance of the Wolves was a huge movie. Home mm-hmm. Alone. Yeah. So I guess that's about right. Directed by Tim Burton. Yep. Arguably to me, this is Tim Burton's best film. It's this or Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, I'm putting both those over Beetlejuice, by the way. I just, I don't know. I would really have to sit and look at his body of work and figure out how what I'm basing it me, off of. And to me, he made the best Batman movie. Um, which Batman's his? Batman and Batman Returns. Okay, I, I thought Returns, yeah. Okay, that's one I wasn't sure of. All right, let's talk about some cast, shall we? Mm-hmm. First up, we got Johnny Depp, our main star, who plays Edward Scissorhands. Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, movies we, the movies we tried to list... Um, were around this era. I didn't. I didn't want to like go too far away, so they're within you the nineties. Two really good ones on there, and that third one, I can't even believe you put that on there because it came out around the same okay. time as in the nineties. You see. <sighs> anyway, Crybaby is a fun film, and it came out the same year as mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands. Kind of weird. Going. He did a Tim Burton movie and a John Waters movie. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. <laughs> like, like those just are two totally time? different directors. Oh well. But I like Crybaby. I've always liked that movie. Mm-hmm. Got a hatchet face. <clears throat> oh, Lord. <laughs> Benny and June. That's a great film, too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a love story between two people on the spectrum. Yeah. 
essentially. Yeah, yeah but it's a good film. <laughs> this also came out in the 90s. I know so it did. Get I hate this movie, though. <sighs> What's eating Gilbert Grape? I'm supposed to also believe that Johnny Depp in this movie, is chasing, uh, what's her name? Mary uh, Steinberger, or whatever oh, her name is. I Stein something, yeah. From uh, Back, Back to the, the Future 3. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. my God. I, was telling her, I remember that. <laughs> Jesus. How she, uh, ain't, nobody's chasing that chick. <laughs> she was chasing him. He wasn't, like, super into it, I don't think. I think, I think you're wrong. Man. All right, next I, on the bill, we have Winona Ryder who plays Kim. Kim. She's the daughter. <laughs> yeah. She's the daughter of this. Um, How weird is it seeing her with blonde hair? Y- yeah. It's uh, weird because that's definitely a wig. 100% a wig. <laughs> oh, it's a really like tight bl- dye job. It was a wig. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you it was a wig. All right, so we already said she was in Mermaids, which came out the same year, 1990. Mm-hmm. She was also in Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's not what I read it as. I know it says Beam. <laughs> <laughs> she was in a movie called Boys. I don't remember that one. The Crucible. Never forget. Oh, what a performance. A, yeah. <clears throat> I had to watch Girl that. interrupted. Why would... The 90s, John. The 90s. <sighs> and I had to watch The Crucible in school. Yeah. Girl Interrupted. That movie's... <laughs> With uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, and what's the girl's name that died Brittany from... Brittany Murphy, yeah. I think. Yeah, Brittany Murphy. Yeah, we can figure about that movie. Uh, Diane Weist. Plays who, Kim's mom. Pig. pig. <laughs> yeah. She was in The Birdcage. I love The Birdcage. I don't know if I've seen it in its entirety. I know I've seen parts of it. Robin Williams is really fun in that movie. Is he actually gay, like play a gay man in the movie? Yeah. Or is he just pretending to be Yeah, he gay? was a... A guy that had a, uh, I believe a son, but then he came out later and he was gay. Okay. That's all I remember is about a gay guy. The best thing about that movie I'll always remember is when he's shown the other guy how to be uh, manly. Mm -hmm. He's like, they got like croissants and they're putting butter on them. Uh He's like, men smear. And then the other guy repeats it and he goes, they smear. That movie is that movie's fantastic. If you haven't ever seen The Birdcage, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, she was also in Practical Magic in the 90s. And Man, you made me watch that silly movie. Practical Magic? Yeah. Oh, with Nicole Kidman and uh, yeah, what's, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. She was also in a movie called Bullets Over Broadway that came out in the 90s. Don't no idea it. what that is. All right. So then you have, after that, Anthony Michael Hall. We know him. We've had a couple Mm -hmm. movies with him in him. He plays Kim's boyfriend, Jim. Mm -hmm. How cute. Matching names. (laughs) Now, this threw me for a freaking loop. When I was looking at movies he did, I just... He was in... Clerks? Yes. Where? He's not credited. We talked about this, John, because I didn't want it to be like a huge surprise for you. But it's, yeah, he is just one of the... In the original Clerks, when mm-hmm. they're doing... Um, Fantastic movie, by the way. They're doing uh, uh, auditions for that whatever. They're the audition oh, part. Oh, the role. For, he, yeah. He's one of the random guys doing an audition. Really? And then he shows up again in Clerks 3. Is the, He reprises the same random person. Wow. I yes. never even knew that. Mm-hmm. Hell Caesar, which... Eh. Never seen it. It's it's weird. 
And then a gnome named Norm. That is definitely like a made-for-TV movie, by the way. His <laughs> he, career took a dive I say, fast. I was struggling finding 90s movies for him because they suck so bad. <laughs> yeah, his career just took a, a nosedive. It, I don't think it came back until he did, like, what was that show called? The Dead Zone? Oh, I don't know. I didn't mean to smack my lips like that. But it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Alan Arman, who oh. plays the dad, uh, Kim's dad, and I can't fantastic actor. Can't remember his freaking name. All, he's an all-time great. And unfortunately, he passed away this year. Yeah, passed away June 29th of 2023. He was in The Rocketeer, another underrated movie, a Disney movie at that. Uh, yeah, I've not, I've not seen any of these Glenn movies. Barry, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, kind of a long movie, not bad. Mm-hmm. And then I've never heard of Gattaca. I, yeah, I had no idea. I had not seen any of those. He was in, what's that movie with uh, Steve Carell where he's suicidal? He has the Ooh. cut wrists and all that. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine. I've not seen that. He I'm... plays the old uh, grandpa oh. and he's great in that. Okay, I kind of remember that movie. And then you got Kathy Baker. Uh, Kathy played Joyce. The one oh, who the tries one cause, to... She causes all the pain in Edward's life. Yeah, she tries to seduce Edward. She was in Picket Fences? That was a TV, TV show, show in the 90s, yeah. I've never heard of any of these. Inventing, Inventing the Abbots? Yeah. And Mad Dog and Glory? These were 90s movies. I tried to pull 90s, I'm telling you. The only person I couldn't pull 90s movies for is this last person, and that would be... Sir Vincent oh, Price. Vincent Price. No, I don't know if he's a sir, actually, but Vincent Price. Well, he's a sir to me. Okay. <laughs> of course, he did the original House on Haunted Hill, which yeah. is an all-timer. 1959. We have to, because it, there is another remake that came out in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. So House of Wax, which also got a remake. Mm -hmm. In 1953, he's in that one. <laughs> and House of Usher from 1960. Just a lot of houses. He's, a, he's in every house. The Haunted House on the Hill, the House of Wax, House of Usher. <laughs> he's in The Mask of the Red Death. He's in all kinds of good ones. The Pit and the, pen, the, pit and the Pendulum. He's done some great work. He was just made for like Edgar Allan Poe. And a sweet man <laughs> in real life. You see all these like old um, like videos and stuff of him talking and Mm -hmm. You know, he liked to cook. He had his own cookbook. I did not know that. Yeah. <sighs> the more you I'm, know. I know. I'm missing. And he did the uh, voice for uh, the whatever that is in Thriller. Oh, yeah. He did the, the voiceover. The voiceover, yeah. The narrator. I don't know if hey, he's... Well, that's a good call. Narrator. I don't... That's probably what he's just called in that. But anyway... Um, there were other characters I could have put on here. I could have put Esmeralda, the crazy religious woman. The one I said was you. <laughs> me playing the organ. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> Mad um, about nothing, causing problems in the neighborhood. There's the other heavier set neighbor. She's in a few things. I can't. She's always like a funny woman. She's in another movie with Winona Reiner. She was in Mr. Deeds. She's the one that uh, kicks mm. her in the chest. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But there were a couple other characters. I just, they're so little parts that I didn't include them. Okay. <laughs> All right. So ready to get into our scenes. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. So my first scene that I picked is hilarious. Peg is an Avon lady. She was uh, in an MLM before MLMs were cool. What's that? Multi-level marketing. <laughs> so like... She's think, just an Avon lady. Yeah, that's what Avon... Think of anything that you have to buy a kit and then sell it yourself. So... What's those candles? Those smell good things? 
What's it called? Sensi. Yeah. Is so, that one? Sensi is one. Pink Zebra is another smelly good one. Pure Romance for our spicy people out there. Mm-hmm. Mm. People that like dongs. Or other or, or, stuff. Or, yeah, or, uh, or other fake orifices. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, there's an MLM for everything. Herbalife. Come on. They're all out there. Really? Yes. I really didn't think there'd be like a market for people just be buying kits and selling stuff like that. Wake up. That's like a door-to-door salesman, technically. Okay, so here's the... Okay, I realize now why you probably don't see it as much as I do because you're not the one getting random messages in your inbox that says, hey, girly, (laughs) haven't talked to you since high school. Want to be a boss babe like me? (laughs) I actually have gotten that. You're looking to buy some candles? Hashtag Um, boss babe. Hashtag... (laughs) woman owned you can't yeah. say that <laughs> but no i i feel like it's definitely more geared towards women I could see that. i'd be lying if i said i didn't buy into some of them before i bought the kits and then i said nah and then i ended up not doing it i won't name drop because um <laughs> i did like the product but i realized very quickly that i'm not a salesperson there you go anyway peg She's in an Avon lady and she finds Edward in this. I don't know who she thought she was going to sell Avon to in this freaking castle on the hill, but she went up to this just destructed, destroyed castle. <laughs> Can we say dilapidated? Yeah. I don't know why I refuse okay. to say that word. You're I don't, welcome. I don't like it, but... Um, Avon calling, dee, dee, dee. and then she finds Edward, and she's like, "I can fix him." <laughs> she <laughs> does what every woman does, and she takes Edward home, and then tries to. <laughs> she's trying to fix his face so he's more presentable. She tries to domesticate him. <laughs> well, his face is all cut up from his obvious lack of hands, him. and he. She's trying to put together some creams and smooth stuff his face out that's exactly how she says it to smooth his face she out she said we're trying to smooth his complexion and she's like has slapping a touch all of la- lavender yeah. turn his freaking face purple slapping all these creams and stuff on his face and Dying making a putty stuff she's like it has a hint of lavender for your very pale yeah. complexion yeah. very 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 fair complexion oh so but when she's like slapping it on him and he's just sitting I love there that <laughs> and she has stuff his hair pulled back so it's out of his face i know she has little clips in his hair <laughs> yeah i love that part That's a, yeah that is a good scene because you only get so many light-hearted moments in this movie and then it takes a dark turn yeah you got plenty of light-hearted parts in this movie i know i like the first half you get these light-hearted yeah, parts and very then, very fun and then it takes a turn uh, my first scene was the uh, scene where <laughs> uh, Kim arrives home and she's going to get in her bed mm-hmm. and Edward's already in there laying in there. For some reason, they had a downstairs with a pullout couch that he could have just been sleeping in. Yeah. But instead, they no put sense. him in Kim's room and she has a water bed. So who uh, a guy with scissor hands is going to lay in a water bed. Someone was not thinking. <laughs> no. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, anyway. <laughs> She, he freaks Kim out, and she starts taking off through the house, and then he starts poking more holes into the bed. Yeah, trying to get up out of bed. <laughs> the thing that got me is ever got up, and he was in, like, full PJs with, like, a robe. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, he has his hands up, and he walks, like, real, like, this really fast walk down the hall, and the dad grabs him. He's like, nope, nope, come this way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Redirects him. Right <laughs> and oh, then he man. Starts, starts telling him about how life works and all that. And then he, uh, <laughs> he gives him something to drink. He's oh, like, what God. is it? Lemonade. 
And then <laughs> he can't obviously pick up the glass, so he has to give him a straw. Mm-hmm. Ever takes that humongous swig off it. And, and then it's he has like, like the red eyes. And he, or he's bourbon. Like, oh! Yes. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Depp, that had to have been him for real, because that definitely had like the smoker's tone to it. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah that uh, that scene scared me as a kid when I saw. It. I'm like, why is he doing that? Because I didn't understand he was drinking it wasn't alcohol. Lemonade, yeah, yeah. his eyes were like red. Yeah, I know. This is scary. <laughs> Good, huh? <laughs> I love the dad. Good lord. <laughs> All right, my next scene is um, so first the neighborhood's kind of scared of him. They don't really know what to do with him, right? But then when they realize, uh, I think the first thing he does is cut the hedges of, no, he cuts the dog's fur first. That random poodle runs oh, up to it. him. Does he do hedges first or dogs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he cuts their uh, hedge in their backyard into the That's dinosaur. right, while the, the game's playing on the radio mm-hmm. and stuff. Anyway, he starts cutting those hedges and then ever. People be taking advantage of him. I agree with the dad. Not that everything, I mean, it all comes back to capitalism, but mm-hmm. he's just like, you're doing that for free and finds out he's cutting all these hedges for nothing. Oh, well, but currency means nothing to him. So I know. And the dad doesn't try to use Edward. Mm-mm. He genuinely tries to teach him morals and stuff. No, he does. He, he does. And then he, the son tries to put like the, like a hose onto Edward's hands to wash him off. Oh, oh no, no, son. That's all wrong. Go get the oil can. <laughs> it's going to rust. <laughs> and then he starts cutting dogs fur and he's styling these dogs with crazy fur. And then freaking dumb Joyce is like, Oh, I wonder what it feel like cutting my hair. And she he cuts it into the toothpaste whip. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anything that can be styled and cut, he's he is doing that. Him, one so. woman's hair made me sick. Well, you just shaved little, down the middle. Little dangly things. And the one that had the flat top with like the puffs <laughs> on the side. Yuck. What about the, the are you're talking about the woman? The No, no, no. That woman wasn't bad looking. The one that just had like the strands. I'm talking about the woman that had like the little dangly things. I wish you guys could see us trying to explain it. I'm like the one that does this. Yeah. And he's like, no, the one that looks like this. <laughs> If there is a camera in here, I realize you cannot see it, but the hand motions are. <laughs> he didn't really change. Uh, what was the uh, the bigger woman's name? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm her character her Pam. name. Oh, Lord. But anyway, he didn't really do nothing to her hair. I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't. The muses didn't take him for that one. <laughs> no. Ooh, the muses have taken him. Just <laughs> you put your arms up. I did. To so have your shirt taken off so you can paint without a shirt. Someone on. take my shirt off so I can continue <laughs> painting. <laughs> That's the only way I know how to paint. Just naked. Yes. Naked and afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so scared with a paintbrush. All right, your next scene. Uh, I really like old Winona. Oh, it's old lady. <laughs> the whole freaking movie. Like at the beginning of the movie, you don't know it's Winona. Like she did a really good job of disguising her voice and they did a really good job of hiding her. I figured it out at the end. Because yes. you see her in the beginning and then you see her at the I think because the beginning's so quick. But at the end, I was like, I know who that is. <laughs> and that ending where she's telling the story about how she wants him to remember him or remember her how she was, not about how she is now. Oh, yeah. And then he's... He's the one that brought the snow to the town. That was a really great ending. Because her granddaughter asked, how do you know he's still up there? And she says it wouldn't be snowing if he wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
which is a good lore story about like where does snow come from? Mm-hmm. It's Tim Burton on the moon. has great ideas, man. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a closeted genius in his own way. Like he, he like to be fair, some of his stuff does get repetitive, but yeah. he definitely has his own art form. I think it, it works for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's movies he definitely has that are misses to me, but I mean he's a director that people are going to talk about long after long he's gone. Long after, yeah, long after we're gone. Especially because he's he's been so great at using like the gothic uh, sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Like he can bring that into modern day, and I think he's done it better than anybody's done it ever. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, my next scene. Is kind of when the movie, I think it is the turning point of the movie where it goes from lighthearted to it starts to get serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so because he's been cutting everybody's hair and doing all these styles and stuff, uh, people are kind of taking advantage of it. And they they want him to sell his services, which I get. I mean, that's not really taking advantage of him, but they tell him to open up a hair salon mm-hmm. and they find a building for him and they're going to invest in him because he can't get any type of loan. He doesn't have a social security or doesn't have any credit. He doesn't anything, have any a birth uh, certificate. Yeah. Like he just no doesn't collateral. exist as far as the government's concerned. So, um, they end up getting him a building anyway. And Joyce wants to take him to see said building and freaking gross Joyce. You know, Joyce is trying to seduce somebody because she always puts on Tom Jones. That's a pretty good hint. Like that's really clever of Tim Burton. Is that who plays throughout every time you see her? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know. It's always notice. Tom, Tom and his Jones. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did not notice. Um, I will say the top that she wears is kind of cute. The green, the mint green was with the very, very like it was, it was there, damn near like a window. <laughs> it was there. <laughs> she didn't leave too much to the imagination. Her nip knobs were covered, yeah. So there's that. Um, her top was cute, but here's the thing: you have Edward, who is essentially has the mind of a child. He's not. He doesn't have the worldly views that he should have at, as long as right. he's been around. You know. And so you have to treat him like a child. Just he's a assume he's like 10 in the head. Okay. Like, I always thought of Edward even as like a kid, like kind of like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a creation. Yeah. Above all the other things. So even though he looks like a grown man, he's only been on this earth for a couple of years mm-hmm. and he. He barely knows right and wrong. Yeah. He, he doesn't understand morals and yeah, what you said, right and wrong. So Joyce tries to seduce him. And jumps on top of him, which is, like, terrifying for a child. Why would you do that? She's so gross for doing that. But I think the thing that makes me the most mad is not the fact that she tried to seduce him in the salon in the back. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that she went home and called her friends and said that he, like, came on. He took advantage of her. And she lied. And now immediately the entire, I mean, it just took that one phone call and then. Boom. Immediately, everyone in the neighborhood's giving him side eye. And they're just like, oh, there is Edward. Like, yeah. He attacked Joyce. From loving him to instantly despising him. And all because, and who in that neighborhood truly trusts Joyce? And honestly, who trusts anybody? Because all of them are just like a bunch of chickens. That's it's all they a lot are. Of gossiping. Yes. You can't, everyone in that town is so superficial. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. The only people that are normal are Peg and the, and the dad. 
Yeah. If you notice. They're more open-minded and more accepting. And they're trying to explain to this, the neighborhood, we're trying to help him. We're trying to get him to understand right and wrong. We're sorry if he did that to you. Maybe you should stop walking around with your titties out. Mm-hmm. No, see that? I should not have said that because that is... Yeah, now you're... That's bad. Just yeah. ignore that I said that, guys. You know what? That was a slip of the tongue. Anyway... She- Point from is, the from the very start of the movie, when you first meet her, you definitely know that she's a woman that's very. <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? A loose, loose woman. A loose woman is the go. old phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I don't want people. Y'all know how I feel. Alley cat, and yeah. I'm sad I said the thing that I said, but y'all know how I feel, so <laughs> I don't have to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, good scene, man. Good call. Thanks. <laughs> for my next one, I went with Vincent Price. Okay. He gets uh, a little bit of screen time in this. Not very much. But it's very memorable. I don't like they call him the scientist. I wish they would have called him like the tinkerer or something like that. I think that oh, fits more. I because guess. Because Edward's really a creation made of uh, robotics. Mm-hmm. Like you see this. I don't know what Vincent Price was doing. I don't know if he's like this kind old man or something. He has like all these machines that he's built and they're doing like the the casual Tim Burton thing that we were talking about earlier. The inventions. Yeah. Like he has to have something where it's like a conveyor belt with all this mechanic mechanical work. Uh-huh. And it's making all these cookies and stuff. Say, but they're doing cute things. They're not like mm-hmm. scary machines. Yeah, he's not doing anything terrible. And then he just comes to the realization, he looks at one of them and he kind of realizes he's alone too. Mm-hmm. So he puts he comes up with the right idea right there. He maybe he could create a man. Yep. And actually, I messed up my scenes. That was my next scene, was any flashback with Vincent Price. Yeah. Because you kind of see the, the um, oh my gosh, the evolution of his thought process, mm-hmm. you know? I love when he tries to teach Edward humor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that's a really good touch. Yeah, it's, you're working with a, the mind of a baby in this and grown man. And it's genuinely sad when he dies. Well, because Edward didn't understand. Mm-hmm. He he didn't get to that point of life that, he, you know, where his creator explained, this that is flashback. what happens. Yeah. That flashback's sad. And it's the hands. He was presenting the hands to him is the sad mm-hmm. thing. So Edward destroyed them on accident. I mean, he just grabbed them and they fell apart. And it was sad. And it, it it's Vincent Price because I feel like, he is synonymous with horror and with mm-hmm. the macabre and things like that. So to see him in this dark setting in a Tim Burton movie, you think he's going to be a sweet man. Yeah. You think he's going to be scary. And then he ends up being very just lonely and sweet and an inventor who mm-hmm. we don't, we don't know his background, but obviously he's lonely and he has such a recognizable voice. Yes. He instantly <laughs> makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I piggybacked off you because that was one no, of no, my no, that's scenes. A, I think he's so memorable in this movie. I wish more people knew about this movie for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because like, he's an icon, you know? Mm-hmm. He's one of those old world Hollywood guys that were always talked about in a good way. No one ever said anything bad about Vincent Price. Yeah. He deserves, he deserves more. Well, if you want to go with... Your next scene, since I piggyback. <laughs> it it's food. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I haven't done one on food for a bit. That's true. But 
it's a really interesting thing. Edward trying to actually eat dinner. Mm-hmm. Like he's buttering his bread with his with his scissor fingers. Scissors, yeah. <laughs> and trying to eat like this meat. He's the one cutting the meat for everybody. Oh, yeah. And then he just sticks his... Uh, his scissor 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 <laughs> finger into like a carrot and that's how he gets to eat he, him trying to pick up the peas is sad oh yeah and then the dad's really like wanting to see him be able to actually put food in his mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> he tries to thing. give uh kim that piece of meat and drops it in her lap yeah and jim's a jerk about it he's a dick throughout the whole movie he's somebody that you're not sad when he dies dude spoiler yeah i if we knew we knew <laughs> It is, it's crazy to see also the evolution of Anthony Michael Hall and how he goes from being this really meek little nerdy guy. Like this is the breakfast club guy. Yeah. He was straight (laughs) called the geek in 16 candles. 16 candles. Yeah. And then to be this dude, he got bigger. And I mean like Mm -hmm. in a jacked way and tall. I mean, you can never say he was typecast as the geek because he Mm -hmm. pulled that character off so well. You hate him so much. Yeah, that's a mark of a good actor. That's why I don't understand why his career died so badly. Yeah, I think this may have been his last hurrah before it went Mm -hmm. downhill. (laughs) Which, uh, that's my, my last scene, actually, is the standoff between Jim and Edward. Mm. So... Jim startles Edward while he's sculpting ice and he ends up cutting Kim's hand. And he, of course, everyone's going to believe golden boy Jim, even though he's a terrible person. I know he tried to rob his own dad. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Edward hurt her on purpose. He did that on purpose. And this big chase ensues in the neighborhood is like, get him. And they do the forks and uh, the pitchforks. And it's Frankenstein. It is. It's a exact, um, mirror of what happens in Frankenstein. So the townspeople are going after Edward up into his castle mm-hmm. and Jim goes up there to kind of take him on himself. And Edward, one writer went after him. Yes. And Winona's trying to save him. Jim is beyond mad that Kim yeah, has chosen drinking a lot. Yeah. That he chose uh, Edward or she chose Edward over him. And Edward just wants him to stop. He doesn't necessarily want to hurt him, but he, he hits Kim. Yeah, he and then Edward just has like this blind rage and next thing you know, just right in the chest. And he tried to do something for them too earlier in the movie where he uh, agreed to go to the house to take the the radio equipment and all that. To steal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did that for her because mm-hmm. she asked him to. Yeah, he doesn't want to let Kim down, so he's going to do what she says. It's crazy because... Jim's Jim took no part in the uh, blame for that. No, and he wasn't he was going a coward. to. Yeah, he's, he could have just said, it's my house. I accidentally tripped the alarm. Kim says that, and that's a perfectly good excuse. Like, this is my house. I accidentally. Then he's like, you know what my dad will do? Yes. It all comes, you know, it goes back to the home. What's happening behind closed doors? <laughs> but yeah, he throws <clears throat> Jim out the window in the neighborhood. People he stabs f- him. Yeah, finds his body outside. It's very dark. Like I said, it goes from very lighthearted to super dark at the end. So Jim's death. I mean, I feel bad because it had to be Edward who did it, but I did not feel bad because it was Jim. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. He falls to like this long death. Mm -hmm. 
and Edward just stand has to stand there with his 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 scissors. Scissor hand, <laughs> okay, uh, just bloody. And yep. then Kim is the one that has to save face for for him. Said they killed each other. Yep. But that's Terrible. my last scene. My last scene is actually, I think it's the best scene of the movie. Okay. So it's Christmas time. Peg is Peg in this movie goes from having really like a, how would you say her hair is? It's like a bob sort of. Yeah, it's kind of a longer bob, but just past her shoulders. And she has let Edward cut it so much that it's really <laughs> short and almost like a flat top. Uh, think of like a gozer. From Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, she feels bad because no one wants their stuff cut or trimmed or whatever by him anymore. So she's like, why don't you cut my hair again? And he's mm-hmm. like, again? <laughs> and she's just trying to be nice. And and this this scene, is, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's it's well shot. It's, a, it's probably the best shot of the movie, I'd say. You have this scene where one of the writers starts seeing snow. And it's mm-hmm. weird because it doesn't snow where they're at. Yeah, they. I don't know where it. I don't know if it even implies where they live, but I, w- I want to say like it's California. California. Yeah. So she goes over to see what Edward's doing, and he's actually carving an uh, ice sculpture, and mm-hmm. it's Kim. Of her, yeah. And then she starts like twirling and stuff in the snow because she's never seen it either. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great scene. All the music that plays mm-hmm. and. It slowed down, and you see the like the snow on her eyelashes, and the yeah, it is a very good shot. Mm-hmm. I great, and you do get to see it again. It does like a flashback at the end when old Kim is mm-hmm. reflecting on it, and she pictures herself dancing in the snow again as a young you girl. Still, and you could still catch me dancing in it. Yeah, that's good. a great, great scene, and arguably this to me. I know people love like Danny Elfman's music. This is his best work. Is in Edward Scissorhands. Did I would we put up the soundtrack against anything else he's done? Did we say what Tim Burton and Danny Elfman's first movie was together? Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I couldn't remember. Well, would you like some trivia on this movie? I'm actually ready for some trivia. Is it going to be cut? Can I add my one piece? Sure. <laughs> so for people that might not know this, Johnny Depp is an avid smoker. Mm-hmm. He is like a, a very, chain very smoker. Yes. He's a strong chain smoker. Uh, because his smoking habit was so bad on the actual scissor hands, they had to put a roach clip <laughs> so he I... could take, so he could take breaks to, to, you know, hit the ciggy. Oh my God. Who calls it a roach clip that isn't putting that, mar- marijuana on it? Dude, when I was watching a documentary of it, they called it it. I don't know, man. And that's been years ago. I just remember that. They actually called it a roach clip. When I hear roach clip, I don't know, man. It could just be where I but grew it's for, up. It's for, it's, for the, it's for the devil's lettuce. It is. It's for it's been silly cigarettes. <laughs> okay. I hope, is that all you had? Oh, the other thing was uh, to get the part, Johnny Depp actually cut one of the writers' t- name tattooed on him. Oh, that's... Did you know that? Unsettling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he broke up with her right after this movie. Oh, whoops. And then got the tattoo uh, altered. Now it says, why no forever instead of why no forever. 
Yeah, that's kind I of a forgot. kind of a dick thing. Yep. All right, so the idea for this movie was inspired by a drawing that Tim Burton had done when he was a teenager. So it's he, of himself, isn't it? Because I've always thought the character of Edward was supposed to um, kind of coincide with with uh, Tim Burton. Kind of, yeah. He says the drawing depicted a thin, solemn man with long, sharp blades for fingers. He said, quote, since I like to draw since I was younger, oftentimes images would come up and they'd stay with you and you'd keep drawing them. This was a character I sketched a while back. And he explained that it represented him as, in his teenage years and how the film represents much of his time growing up. God, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've seen Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks like uh, Robert Smith from The Cure. That's, that's the best way I can describe what Tim Burton looks like. He looks like Robert Smith from The Cure. Yeah. Boys don't cry. This is the first time that Tim Burton and Johnny Depp worked together. I knew that. It's their first movie, and they became good friends while filming, obviously. Yeah, he didn't want him at all. <laughs> no? In the beginning. One of the writers is the one that got him the, the job. Well? He saw him only as a teen idol. All right, so the entire story is meant to be seen through Edward's eyes, which is why the neighborhood looks so fantastical. Mm, Does that, that make sense? sense? Yeah. The houses, and I said I was going to talk about the set a little bit. Those houses were that they used in the film it was a real community in florida and it was completely unchanged that is how the neighborhood look except for the exterior paint okay see (laughs) but it was like that cul-de-sac street just the very cookie cutter houses very eastery colors Mm -hmm. so they did do the outside painting that was (laughs) that's what it always makes me think of always makes me think of easter Mm -hmm. the the choice of paint yeah so Edward only has 169 words in the film. That makes sense. He doesn't say too much. Doesn't need to. Diane Wiest was the first one to sign on. Says Diane or Tim says Diane in particular was wonderful. She was the first actress to read the script, supported it completely, and because she's so respected, once she had given it her stamp of approval, others soon were interested. <laughs> so she just had to be the one to jump on board. <clears throat> she was a ter- terrific actress, don't forget. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the mom in Footloose. And she's also the one that ends up becoming the voice of reason to the husband. She's also the mom in The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. She's great. So you said this is some of Danny Elfman's best work, right? Oh, you think this, so? To me, this is his best work. That's right. over Batman, over Beetlejuice. And did you say you think this is Tim Burton's best film? Yes. Tim Burton disagrees. He said this isn't his greatest film. He said it is, even though it's not his greatest, it is his favorite of all of his films. And the score is Danny Elfman's favorite of all of his soundtracks. So they don't say it's the best, but. If I had to guess what Tim Burton liked as his favorite movie, it'd be something really off the wall, like Ed Wood. What? Even though his remake of Sleepy Hollow is great, too, though. Now, see, here we go. You said that you Tim Burton didn't want him. I don't think... I'll go ahead and read this. I don't know if it's true. Tim Burton was not familiar with Johnny Depp's then-popular performance in 21 Jump Street that came out in 1987. The TV show, yeah. He had always been Burton, but he had always been Burton's first choice. Really? Because I've always read stuff where it was like... 
he couldn't get the, the job at all. And Winona Ryder is the one that made sure he got the part. Well, it says that at the time of his casting, Johnny Depp was wanting to break out of the teen idol casting. Mm-hmm. And, um, which his performance in 21 Jump Street had afforded him. And Fox Studio executives were so worried about Edward's image that when they tried to keep pictures of Johnny Depp in full costume under wraps until release of the film, like they didn't want people to see it because they were afraid it was going to break what he currently had going. Right. So to prepare prepare for his role, Johnny watched the films of silent movies, uh, such as Charlie Chaplin's mm-hmm. films, to get an idea of how to express emotion without dialogue. Which is something he also used later in Benny and June. Mm. Yeah. Johnny Depp also said that he cried like a baby when he first read the script. I could see that. It's sad. It's a tragic film. And the role of the inventor was specifically written for Vincent Price. They didn't have anybody else in mind. I wouldn't have put anybody else in that role. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, because I couldn't give you anything else of Vincent Price beyond this, is because this was his last screen appearance, was Mm, this movie. And his last moment ever on screen is the death scene. Oh, that's sad. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew he died shortly after. Well, and then uh, because Vincent was so old and frail mm-hmm. in the filming of this, his health wasn't that great at this point in time. He fainted under the hot studio lights in the scene where he dies. Like, he actually fainted. And Tim Burton reportedly kept that shot of him on the floor in the final movie. So what you see of him dead is him passed out. Wow. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the only one, though. Uh, filming the scene where Edward runs back to the house. Um, I can't remember what part, what's happening in that, but he's running back to their, their house. Oh, is it where uh, Kevin's? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp collapsed from heat exhaustion due to extreme temperatures and his leather costume. Yeah, that costume looked like it would not have been comfy. Mm-hmm. So Tim Burton explained that his depiction of suburbia is, quote, not a bad place. It's a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to walk the fine line of making it funny and strange without being judgmental. It's a place where there's a lot of integrity. So Kim leaves her boyfriend Jim to be with Edward And that may be the event that uh, Burton, Tim Burton marks as like the revenge point for the Jim character, I Mm -hmm. guess. Uh, The scene where Jim is killed, it's a scene that shocked a number of observers who felt that the whole tone of the film had been radically altered. I agree. I feel like it completely, it went from such a lighthearted movie to this very shocking, sad Mm -hmm. movie. But Tim Burton referred to the scene as a high school fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) So he obviously hated somebody somebody in high school. Uh, Tim Burton mentioned the power and emotion on set the day that Vincent Price had to film his death scene because of his age. It upset a lot of people to watch him like that. Mm -hmm. So that sucks. Um, the, when he said it was a high school fantasy of (laughs) this dude dying, 
It's because most of the characters in the film were representative of real people that Tim Burton knew while he was growing up in Burbank. The Peg character, who Diane Weiss plays, was not one of those, but she was someone Tim Burton wanted in that community, but who who didn't exist. Mm. Like he would have liked for a Peg to have been around to like save him from these judgmental people. He said, it's more of a fantasy Avon lady, guardian angel fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, he finds Alan Arkin to be the scariest character in the film. What? As he's lifted directly from Burton's Burbank days. I don't know. I guess. Weird. I don't know what that means. I actually think he's the safest character in the movie. Yeah. To say he's the scariest. Why? Maybe because I wonder if he just means scary accurate. Like, he just represents somebody so well from his childhood. That could be. Um, I'll give you a couple more, whatever. Tim Burton wrote Winona Ryder's character as a popular cheerleader who is pretty much the antithesis of Mrs. Ryder. (laughs) In Burton on Burton, the director laughs about how unusual it was to see Ryder in the girly outfit. (laughs) It was so funny, Burton recalls. I used to laugh every day when I saw her walk on set wearing this little cheerleader outfit and a Haley Mills-type blonde wig. She looked like Bambi. <laughs> so I told you, she had short black hair. I mean, it was like pixie yeah, cut black hair. I was going to say, I remember her having like short hair. Um... I will do... Okay, this I'll just this will be my last one. So when Edward's cutting the neighbor lady's hair, mm-hmm. the instrumental music that's playing sounds similar to the melody from Sweeney Todd, though not a direct sample. Mm. And then Tim Burton and Johnny Depp would Did later Sweeney go Todd. on to do Sweeney Todd, the Demon Farber. What do you think his Street. favorite movie is that he's done? I He'll probably say something like Frankenweenie or something. That's what I was going to say. Honestly, I think it's going to be one of those just random, maybe even a short or whatever. Ugh. Ooh, no, actually, I want to do this part, this I think trivia I, too. I think it, I think I know what it is. What? I think it's Nightmare Before Christmas. That's his, know. that's his style. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I do want to do this one because I always try to find the trivia of like other actors who were considered for the parts. So this Mm -hmm. is a good one. Sean Astin was considered for the part of Jim. Wow. How bad does that change him? He turned it down because he did not feel comfortable playing a villain. I can't see him as a villain. I like him so much as Rudy. Mm -hmm. That would have ruined that. Other people considered for the role of Jim. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Christian Slater. That makes sense because him and Johnny Depp are like the same same size. Mm-hmm. And he just worked with one and Ryder and Heathers. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Ooh. He would have been a really good pick. Mm-hmm. He would have had to have a beard, though. <laughs> That's Ke- when he does his best acting. Keith Coogan. Oh, from um, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. He's the brother. Oh, <gasps> really? With the hair? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, and River Phoenix. Oh, another great actor. Were considered for Jim. Man, he would have been fantastic in that, too. I All of the, I feel like, well, except for Keith, I wasn't 100% on who that was, and I still don't really feel it. 
Well, maybe, maybe. You know what? All of those would have been great picks, except Sean Astin. He's just too, he was too wholesome at the time. You couldn't do that to him. <laughs> no, uh, you would have <laughs> buried and murdered and just depleted his whole career doing that. He would never have gotten 50 first dates if he'd have done that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these glutes. Rock, Rock hard, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to rate this movie? It's about juice. It's a protein steak. <laughs> Lay off the juice. I'll tell my friend you said so. a lot of wet dreams. <laughs> I'll tell my friend you said so. Okay, for what real, is it? let's what, rate What's this? the thing we say? Ah, Dad, the damn mongoose got in the, the garbage again. again. Yeah, <laughs> got in the trap again. <laughs> <laughs> this guy? Oh. He's hilarious in that. I know, Daddy. I thought you was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice says, can I have it? His game, we could just quote that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. For real, let's rate this thing. Uh, first thing rewatch. we're going to rate it on is the rewatch. Rewatch. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it a three just because I don't think about it often. But when I do watch it, I'm like, I'm glad I watched that. Yeah, you know? I, I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, it's just it doesn't jump to mind, but I think it's because time is so much time has passed since that's come out. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't jump at you like that. Yeah, and there's yeah. so many Tim Burton movies. Yeah, that too. So the next thing we're gonna rate it on is its legacy. This I think is people kinda... always love Tim Burton. Yeah, the Edward Scissorhands. I feel like this particular movie, though, because I mean. You have to separate Tim Burton and Johnny Depp Mm -hmm. and just look at this movie specifically. Uh, I feel like it still has a pretty decent following. Oh, I think it's got one of the larger followings of all the Tim Burton movies. Not out. It does not outdo Nightmare Before Christmas. I didn't say that. That's probably the biggest one. one. I said it's one of the larger ones. I'm going to give it. As far as like people that love Johnny Depp and stuff, I think, you know, this could be one of like it's a legacy project. Mm. Like when people have to be shown his films in film school, I think any professor will show this over a lot of other films. Well, I'm, I'll I'll give it a four. I, I I think I'd terribly be misjudging this if I didn't give it a five. Four and a half. <laughs> I just think this is the quintessential. Tim Burton movie. Like anything anybody's ever liked about Tim Burton, it's in this movie. I guess, yeah. And if you wanted to hear Danny Elfman's music, uh, and, you know, he's done all those projects, mm-hmm. I think this is the best he's ever done. Yeah, overall, it's really, well, we'll talk about the overall in a minute. Uh, then we're going to rate it on the look and feel of Five. the movie. Music's great. Tom Jones is great. Uh, the aesthetic. It has great, uh, like shots. It's it's got a wonderful atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Top notch acting. I gave it a five too. I mean, damn, like, we're gonna have to start doing things where we give certain categories like a diamond. <laughs> I guess it's one of those movies you could give it a five in in the diamond category. Yeah, it. Uh, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode that it's just, it's. It's very ambiguous, the time it's set. Mm-hmm. And they tell you it's like the 50s or whatnot, but it just looks so Modern. surreal. Yeah, it's it, you can't really place it in a time. And that's a hard thing to pull off, and he's done it multiple times in movies. Mm-hmm. And kind of the 
the backwards shots of Vincent and Edward and like the black and white and just very colorless life. Mm -hmm. Very good use of shadows. To him going to the neighborhood and all the color. And then even with old Kim, it's very dark, but it's still colorful. It's dark lit. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like almost... It's the it's, like a representation of the light, her light and yeah, her life ending. coming yeah. to an end. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, all this imagery. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot give this anything less than a five. Yeah. It's 100% getting a five for me. And then my overall rating for the movie, even though the rewatch is low, I still think my overall is like a four and a half. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. A four and a half. Because it's just, it's too good of a movie. Just because you don't want to watch it all the time or you don't think about it all the time. Mm-mm. It doesn't is, make it any less great. It's such a great work of art. And I, it's, this is also one of those movies you can show to a younger kid. And yeah. And they instantly become a fan of it. Yeah. Younger. I mean, you have to keep in mind that you somebody dies. Mean. but You know what I mean. I know. I'm just saying, if if you're thinking about showing your, your you know, someone in your life, just remember there is a dead person in it because mm-hmm. it's. And this is like a goth kid's like wet dream as far as <laughs> movies go. Like he's this shy kid with this really like dingy hair. Oh, yeah. All black. Yep. He's pale and he's scarred up. Call me Night Pain. Oh, God. <laughs> Your name's Edward. Oh, Lord. He Edward before Twilight Edward. Mm-hmm. For yeah. God's sakes. This is Love Will Tear Us Apart, Edward. Like Joy Division, <laughs> Edward. <laughs> See? You knew exactly what I was saying with that. Dancing like the kids in uh, American Dad. Dad. The goth music. You shall not pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Well. We should just cover American Dad. At this point, Christ. That's going to cover, that's going to end this week's, uh, not cover. I really want to talk about Shorzy. I, you talk about a show that's been top notch in both seasons. This That's a great show. Mm-hmm. That's also super Righteous random. Gemstone. Thanks for just throwing that I, we, We're just talking about TV shows right there. And I was like, man, we should talk about both of those. They're both great. Well, I know we've also, uh, if you donate to our Patreon, we've been slacking on that too. So sorry. Going to get some episodes recorded and get them out for you soon. I know I've been doing some heavy lifting on my book to movies. Because um, I realize I've seen a lot of movies that were books and I didn't realize were books. So I'm mm-hmm. going back and I've read several. <laughs> so uh, got to get some of my book to movie episodes up. John's going to get some episodes up for mm-hmm. you. Uh, if you're not one of our Patreon donors, go do that. Patreon.com. Search for The Retro Club. The thing I really like about mine is that I can literally do it over anything. Yeah. I mean, John's a catch-all. Mine's pretty uh, pointed, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Whatever. But for like $1 a month, a whole freaking dollar, you're not even going to miss that. Uh, you can get all this bonus content that we'll be posting that I realize we've not posted in a minute, but that's okay. We're getting back on it. Um but yeah, we we want to try to drop at least an episode or two a month on Patreon. So go check that out. And it's not, like John said, it's not always going to be about movies. We got some other stuff in the works that we're hoping to start in the new year. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, some changes I are coming, yeah. I think that's all for now. So we'll catch you next week. Stick around and you can hear a sneak peek of what we're going to talk about next. A little sneaky peeky.
Yeah, every every, every time, girl. Time. Next week on the Retro Club. I'm glad we covered it, that movie. Uh, well, I was in it. Yeah. <laughs> and this this was... is like the movie where I knew David Arquette's career was going downhill fast. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, Wrestling's not fast. Oh, God. This movie's so quotable. It's so fun, though. <laughs> Crush my butterfinger, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, I kicked my... Um, I think you're sexy, mean, Gene. Really, I do. What? <laughs> I don't even know what you said. When he puts, when he puts his hand on uh, Gene Oakland, he's like, I think, I think you're sexy, mean, Gene. I really, I do. Oh, okay. Good Jesus, Lord. Jesus, look at that grill. <laughs> Get that boy in that brand new set of teeth. <laughs> oh man that's his best role too and he's done some good movies the king uh, oh i can't remember his real name but jimmy king <laughs> king bay <laughs> We're scott con too he's not bad in this he's coming straight off like varsity blues which was a hit movie he, did, he followed it with this oh god man that Either they did this movie because they were so sure of themselves, or they were just ready to be done. <laughs> Something, because it killed both of their careers. <laughs> oh, is this a before or after arachnophobia? Or, uh, I'm sorry. Eight-legged freaks. Eight-legged freaks. <laughs> Whatever, the spider movie. <laughs> the spitter movie. <laughs> I can't believe freaking Courtney Cox stayed married to him after this movie. Man, Isn't that nuts. And uh, I love him as Officer Dewey, though. To be fair, what what's her name is in this too? Uh, Rose, oh, Rose McGowan. McGowan. <laughs> All I had to do was do the nips. Yeah. <laughs> How excited? <laughs> How excited are you for Halloween? <laughs> this is a picture of Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.